Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author from My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here's a quick announcement. Our July heart-centered and passion-driven Inspiration for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is now live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. This month's theme is Summer Vacation and a mid-year counting our blessings moments. The magazine offers inspirational stories for our dedicated teams of experts to help you navigate your current situations with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show today, my guest for this morning is Mara Baskomi. Mara is a mother, writer, yogi, artist, teacher, mindfulness leader, ceremonialist, and spiritual coach. She is the author of Ritual as Remedy, Embodied Practices for Soul Care. Mara is passionate about weaving the art of mindfulness, self-care, creativity, mind-body practices, and earth-based rituals into her life and work. She has been leading community ceremonies since 2000. As an adventurous spirit, Mara has sailed across the Atlantic Ocean, tracked across the Himalayas, and studied yoga in India. She has planted trees in Canada's north, lived off the grid in a remote cabin in the woods, worked as a Waldorf Snyder's school teacher, and found her passion for dance and choreography. Yoga, meditation, mysticism, and ritual has been at the heart of Mara's journey. Her trainings in Incan shaman lineage and the pagan tradition has greatly inspired her life's work of earth-based, ceremonial, intentional, and heart-centered living and loving. Mara lives with her husband and two daughters in Vancouver, Canada. Mara is also one of our featured expert contributors for our July Inspiration for Better Living digital magazine. Please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to read her insightful and empowering daily self-care rituals for the motherhood remedy in our Mama's Me Time section. Mara and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how we can use her new book, Ritual as Remedy, Embodied Practices for Soul Care to Awaken Our Inner Powers, Reclaim Our Soul's Purpose, Activate a Heart-Centered Living, Generate Lasting Transformation, and Manifest Our Dreams. Good morning, Mara. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Johnny. Thank you for having me. It is wonderful and a pleasure to have you with me. Ritual as Remedy is an excellent read. It is beautifully and poetically written. The words are very engaging, and the guides are easy to implement in our daily lives to experience the synergy of oneness of the heart, mind, body, and spirit. So congratulations on this release. Thank you so much. Let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Okay. So yes, as um, my childhood, I was, I was the youngest of four children. And so we always had a wonderful full house. And um, my parents gifted us, you know, with um, being in nature every summer mm-hmm. for two months, um, you know, living in a small cabin, they were both teachers. So we got to summer like that. And that's where my love of nature and really my deep, um, you know, desire to, you know, allow the nature to really be my spirituality. I feel that that was birth mm-hmm. then. And so then I carried on through my life. I was actually a, a gymnast, a high level gymnast training 30 hours a week as a child um, that carried on in through my love of dance and um, mm-hmm. my love of teaching. Um, so all of these, you know, and then I found myself in India um, studying yoga deeply. And, and from there, all of these 
trainings in mind-body that I've been so um, in awe of, really from a young age, yoga, meditation, breath work, ceremony, ritual. So really, I've, I, I feel like I've created my life, served these modalities, and then share them with the world. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Who were the major spiritual influences in your life when you were growing up? Yes. I'm, you know, so we, we did not grow up in a religious um, home in any means. And so I did not have that. What I did have was amazing teachers, I feel, mm-hmm. in my life that, um, you know, brought out the best in, in, in me and in my love of learning. So I, I, I guess some of my bigger, you know, biggest influences would have been my mom and my dad and mm-hmm. um, some of my, you know, teachers in gymnastics and some of those, um, you know, special friends of, of my family that had traveled the world. And, um, you know, I was a kid that was, you know, constantly flipping through the National Geographic magazine at a mm-hmm. young age because I just I just wanted to be. I wanted to learn about other cultures, even though I wasn't raised in that. So that, that's a very curious thing. Um, that, and so then when I went on to, to then study um, yoga, I have a, you know, a, t- a teacher um, that I studied with in, in India and, uh, you know, teachers through the Waldorf Steiner uh, school. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just very influential teachers and many of them. Um, so I feel very blessed. Wonderful. Were you the oddball of the uh, family, so to speak, in being that you're the last yeah. person in the family? And also, I'm like, wait a minute now, she's off in a tangent somewhere. Or yes. is that uh, a and family thing, so to speak? No, no, it was definitely more of me. And, mm-hmm. you know, the youngest child, I think, sometimes has it pretty good because <laughs> perhaps my par- my parents were a little less strict. And so uh-huh. they they were more agreeable to to do some of these mm-hmm. things that I wanted to do, and mm-hmm. you know bless them because I, I probably put them through a lot of uh, you know as I <laughs> this was like before before there was internet right I was in India right. before there was email yeah you know, I call them every last Sunday of the month you know it was mm-hmm. amazing amazing how much you know has shifted since then in our communication <laughs> even. <laughs> <laughs> so, very, yeah. very interesting. So what actually, as you were growing up and you were experiencing what a child experienced, like you say, you into gymnastics and so forth, what actually triggered that curiosity over the mm-hmm. years as a teenager into perhaps a young adult to whereby like, wait a minute now, there got to be something yeah. more in life. And of yeah. course, the curiosity of learning uh, the various cultures so to speak but most importantly you know we all have that tendency but then you delve in a little bit deeper in terms of i would think you know like wait a minute now who am i why am i here and what's my purpose so to speak so how did that develop that is a great question and i can very clearly pinpoint that in mm-hmm. you know i went to university we call it in in canada we call it university i know you call it uh, college in the, the u.s mm-hmm. but so my first year um in university i took eastern philosophy and i took um a course on world religions and i had already been studying feminism you know uh, from a mm-hmm. young age I, i'm you know born a feminist and born uh, ready to actually uncover the real truth in history. So I studied indigenous culture. I studied Eastern philosophy and religion. And that is exactly, and women's studies. So those three really kind of opened me to um, this bigger, vast world out there mm-hmm. that it was very different than how I was raised. Mm-hmm. And it very much compelled me to study and research more. Therefore, reflecting back to me that big who am I question what is my purpose and what where do I where can I how can I share this with the world Mm -hmm. I believe is 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 what happened for me there and I was 17 years old so that very very much a turning point in my life I believe very very interesting and as you develop and discover this what was your take in terms of the world's multifaceted buffet line or spiritual consciousness? Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, I feel that it sparked more curiosity. And then even further, I got into the embodiment practices of yoga, mm-hmm. meditation. And so I was actually learning the philosophy but, and doing the practices. Mm-hmm. So it, it drew me in very strong because I, was such a phys- I had such a physical childhood, um, you know, being a gymnast. When I found yoga after I had retired from uh, <laughs> gymnastics, right? You retire when you're like 15. And yeah. I literally yeah. found a book in the library on Iyengar yoga. Mm-hmm. And I, I was self-studying because there was no yoga where I live, mm-hmm. no yoga classes, nothing. So I feel like to answer your question, I, I was gifted with this path of like, okay, try this practice. How does it feel? Here's the philosophy. Study more. It was always like just being presented to me because I was saying yes, actually. That's mm-hmm. what, why I feel it was being presented because I said, yes, this is what I want. And even though this is going against the current of what is considered <laughs> normal, I, yeah. was, I was hungry for this. And so I, I do feel I came into this life to, to do this work. Very interesting. So on one side, you have that competitive nature, because if you're in gymnastic and competitive gymnastic, and you know what it is like in terms of being, that's it. That's one goal in mind and very disciplined, focused, nothing but Mm -hmm. gymnastics. Mm -hmm. And then you have Mm -hmm. the other side of the equation. You have that, okay, life is good. It's me, myself, I, (laughs) and the ebb and flow of things. So how did that sort of synergize and bring you to arriving at yourself, so to speak? Great. Yes, great question. And I'm going to answer this in two parts. Two parts. Mm -hmm. Okay, one is discipline. It takes discipline, you know, it takes discipline to to stay on this path, right? Mm -hmm. So the discipline is doing the practices, keeping your mind, body clean, or keeping inspired in that way Mm -hmm. through you know, getting on your yoga mat daily or, you know, immersing mm-hmm. yourself in nature, being in that quiet meditative space. So that, that's one. And then the other side to it is that I, I've always been a creative person. I've mm-hmm. always, um, you know, whether it's crafting or, you know, choreographing, you know, I, I was a choreographer for many, many years in the, in contemporary dance or modern dance lineage. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's discipline and creativity. And when you bring those two together, there's this, you know, expansive, I would say container. So there's good, healthy boundaries, which is the discipline. And then inside of that, you get to be as creative as you want. And so Mm -hmm. I feel that's uh, what has, you know, been two great teachers to me in my life is the discipline of the practice and then the creativity of life. Very interesting. So what you find is that you, I mean, in terms of figurative of speech, the other side of the equation that completes the circle. Yes. Yes. It's like the yin-yang, the masculine, the feminine, the sun to the mm-hmm. moon, the light to the dark. Yeah. You know, it's, it's never just one thing. And, and what I've really come to understand through my life and mm-hmm. will, I'm sure, learn more and more about this is, you know, that we all are unique, authentic beings. Right. And we, can never ju- we can never judge others, you know, way of being, even though that, you know, we feel we want to. And that <laughs> there's, just so, <laughs> there's just so much value, I believe, in um, being curious about... Mm-hmm okay, why, you know, why is that? And, you know, just this kind of curiosity, which, you know, in meditation, we call it the beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. So we come and we sit and we don't, you know, necessarily fight our thoughts. We just accept them. And then we come back to the breath. And then perhaps we come back to a place of curiosity. And then we begin again. And it's this kind of renewal I think it's what's going to keep us useful, in fact, is curiosity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, I've always let curiosity to lead my way. And that yeah. way, I'm constantly learning. I don't necessarily have to agree with someone else's opinion, but I do want to hear them out. <laughs> yes. yes. The wise of sure. life, so to speak. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So when did you realize that, because it's one thing being a student and even to a certain extent as a teacher, but there is some point in your journey that you realize that you are the conduit, the teacher and the leader to help others in their journey of soul care. Mm -hmm. So when did that happen? Yes. The teaching for me has always been there because I come from a long line of teachers, like my mother, Mm -hmm. my grandmother, my great-grandmother, my great-great-grandmother, my father, you know, and and on and on. And it's interesting that you asked that question, Johnny, because I always resisted. Everyone said to me when I was little, oh, you're going to be such a great teacher someday. Oh, (laughs) you'll just make a great school teacher. And I thought, well, I don't want to do what everyone says or thinks that I'm going to do because I'm going right. to go my own way. Right. So I had that. So I, then I did, I empowered myself to, to find the way of teaching that I wanted to teach in fact. Um, and so, you know, I did have a, you know, I am a trained Waldorf teacher. And mm-hmm. so I did teach kinderg- kindergarten in fact. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm a trained early childhood educator too. And so I love children and I've always taught children. Um, I think my first job, I was 12 years old teaching gymnastics, you know, and I, mm-hmm. and then I taught swimming. So <clears throat> the teacher, you know, archetype lives really strong in me. Um, and so, you know, I just had to find my way and, you know, I, tr- you know, I gave teaching school a go and I, I just felt that I was, I was pulled to work with adults um, or pulled to work in, in this way of, mind, body, soul care, that was a stronger calling. And so I followed that. And I always joke that I, I did that. I, I became an early childhood educator and a Waldorf teacher so I could parent my, my children mm-hmm. <laughs> in the way, you know, that so, you know, no time is lost and no trainings are lost. And so what I, you know, what I discovered is that we can pull these modalities of, um, you know, artistic, creative, um, mind, body work, soul Mm -hmm. care, self-care, coaching, you know, others so that they can be empowered to live, live the life they, they are worthy of, in fact. And so that has really evolved from, you know, those early days of me being a teacher at 12 years old, all the way I feel like I've always taught, to tell you the truth. And it, it is amazing. Um, and I feel when I'm teaching now, I, I just got home from a six day, 21 mm-hmm. women, eight, ages mm-hmm. 17 to 70. And so anyone could sign up for this retreat. And that's what mm-hmm. we got was this amazing age range of women and men could have joined, but on this particular retreat, it was just women in fact. And uh, I feel like they were all my teachers. So, Mm-hmm. I do this work because I'm constantly learning myself about how the information lands for each individual, about each individual's epiphanies, their aha moments, their healings, their empowerments. And it is the most, you know, miraculous um, experience to witness in others, to mm-hmm. watch others evolve, in fact. And so, that, you know, that's how my teaching has evolved. Like, it, it, yeah, mm-hmm. once I was teaching just yoga or just meditation or, you know, but now I feel like it's gone into this other kind of energy, which is um, that we're creating an experience where um, everyone learns from one another. And what I love to say is that every time we come into, you know, our own healing space, consciousness, we're being led, guided, or we're doing it on our own, there's always a healing that takes place. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really empowering piece to, for all of us um, to, you know, encourage us, whether it's that nature walk first thing in the morning, or whether it's that quiet time where you're sipping your tea or coffee before you're engaging with the technical world, that there is a healing, in fact, that happens mm-hmm. there. There's mm-hmm. a healing when we consciously call forward our gratitudes every morning. And so that's, so to me, yeah, that's, that's why I do this work. 
Fantastic. So a couple of things uh, take away. Number one, I didn't have to uh, disguise myself as a woman to crash one of your uh, yeah. cams, or uh, I can file a suit. <laughs> no, you'd be welcome anytime, Johnny. You would be welcome anytime. Uh, <laughs> I, I do work with men, and I love working with men. Yes. I'm just kidding. I think what you're expressing is very interesting because what happens is that the we all are always teachers, coaches, and counselors in our lifetime. We just don't realize it. The situation dictates which role will manifest itself or actually come to the front because of circumstances, right? But the beauty yeah. of it and what I gather from what you have just said is that you are actually becoming a better teacher or when you're a student or you're a better student when you're a teacher because it uh-huh. refines from within. Yes. That is very well articulated. Thank you. And so, and, and I think it empowers us to go like, Oh, it's not just this or that Sorry, some <laughs> background noise there. Um, it was, it's not just that I'm learning this or you're learning mm-hmm. that, but it's that, you know, we're, we're on this journey together. Um, right. And I, uh, and, and that's like more like has more a, a un, like a union, unity consciousness, um, more approach than, than the regular, just like I, me, you know, ego right. self. It's like, Oh no, let's, let's go and let's have an experience together. You know? Well, do you mm-hmm. can only, uh, tap into that sense of awareness if you are mindful. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's why, you know, studying mindfulness, giving yourself <laughs> opportunity to be mindful. Um, you know, I had a, a very striking teacher um, mm-hmm. in my late teens who taught me about mindfulness. I didn't really know about that. You know, mm-hmm. and I was working in her garden and I was helping her out because I was doing this exchange program with her and she was a gardener and, mm-hmm. um, you know, like lot, like we were digging potatoes out of the earth and she <laughs> taught me and I kept forking the potatoes with the pitchfork and like, cause if you harvest mm-hmm. potatoes, they're under the earth. And right. if you're not mindful, you're going to pierce the potato with the pitchfork. And then that potato isn't going to be able to be used in the winter because it's going to go moldy because the skin Mm -hmm. is broken. And she really taught me how to slow down and how to, you know, tune in and be mindful, not to have other thoughts when you're actually in task. And I I really feel that that's what ritual, the ritual work does. And what I talk Mm -hmm. a lot about in the book is that it allows us to take a break from the mundane of the busy mm-hmm. life. It allows us to enter into a state where our consciousness can expand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. Very, very true. Mm-hmm. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. This month's theme is Summer Vacation and the Mid-Year Counting Our Blessings Moments. My guest for this morning is Mara Braskobi. Mara is a mother, writer, yogi, artist, teacher, mindfulness leader, ceremonialist, and spiritual coach. She is the author of Ritual as Remedy, Embodied Practices for Soul Care. Mara is passionate about weaving the art of mindfulness, self-care, creativity, mind-body practices, and earthbound rituals into her life and work. She has been leading community ceremonies since 2000. Mara is also one of our featured experts a contributor for our July Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine. Please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to read her insightful and empowering daily self-care rituals for the motherhood remedy in our Mama's Me Time section. We're having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how we can use her new book, Rituals as Remedy, Embodied Practices 
for soul care, to awaken our inner powers, reclaim our soul purpose, activate a heart-centered living, generate lasting transformation, and manifest our dreams. Mara, why were you inspired to write Ritual as Remedy? I was inspired to write this book. It came in a very powerful message to me. In fact, where I had a, an intuitive flash, I would call it, where I don't know, Johnny, if you've ever experienced this, but mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't happen that often in my life, but those moments that are very clear, I saw myself holding a book. And I, it was very clear. It was in my house. And I was holding my book, and I was looking down at it. And, you know, the cover, of course, changed when the book came to life, and it was an exact yes. picture. But it was this strong message. And then I was holding the book, and then the message I received was for the collective. And so I <laughs> then I said, oh, okay, now I really have to write this <laughs> book. I, I mean, I didn't have – that wasn't part of my goal or intention even this mm-hmm. book came very strongly in that form and that message. And so I taught an online course for five years called the art of ritual. Mm-hmm. And so I had been working in this way already on an online platform for, with many, many, many people. It was a wonderful course. I loved it. I created it. And so the course became the, the bones of the book. In fact, so when I received the message to write the book, I, you know, I then worked with the content from my online course and then really fleshed it out. I mean, it took me then a year, you know, to, to really mm-hmm. write this in full. Um, so that, that was the inspiration. And then a deeper inspiration um, was to share resources with everyone so that they can self-guide and self-heal through the power of ritual. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. So what is the ritual? Okay. So it's a great question. And I want to also let all of your audience know that, you know, this work is for everyone. You don't have to be trained in it. A ritual mm-hmm. is anything that is done with intention. It's mm-hmm. anything. It's, it's, you know, another way to call forward a ritual is like we all have habits and we call them rituals, right? It's I got my morning mm-hmm. ritual, I have my nighttime ritual. <laughs> and that's good. That's good. And are those rituals good for you? And can you make them even more conscious by going into that mindful state while you're doing them? Right. So, for example, we can have very short um rituals that we do for example i shared that already call forward three or more gratitudes upon waking you can do that in bed before you get out of bed you have Mm -hmm. time to do that a lot of people say i don't have time to do that i'm rushing 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 well then that's a problem right there we have to figure out how to stop rushing so much right Mm -hmm. and so that we can in the morning call forward our rituals make our tea or coffee sit in like kind of quiet space and here's another great ritual and some people like to journal, light a candle, sit in quiet space, or type on your computer. All the positive what-ifs that can come through the day. Because I find humans have a tendency to go for that negative first thing in the morning. How mm-hmm. am I ever going to get through all this work? What if it doesn't work out? Like all those negative what-ifs. Here's a great ritual to bring into your day. is to really look at those. Because what you feed grows. So if you're saying that to yourself, all the negative what ifs, more likely you're going to hold that kind of energy in your body. So um, if you can then replace them with the, that lens of wonder and awe and mm-hmm. curiosity, what if this conversation we're having right now goes so amazing that it touches the hearts of others and potentially allows them to, you know, shift their perception and then already the world is starting to work together in a healing way. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's a, that's a big example of a small ritual and the impact it can have <laughs> on us and the world. 
and and so other rituals might be you know you're in nature and you love nature you're walking or you you live in the city and you have access to the park so if going to the park feels good maybe you have a particular park bench you like to sit at can you make it even more conscious turn your phone off so you're not constantly distracted and sit there and receive you know five minutes of quiet quiet time in nature and and so these you know and then i go into you know much more elaborate rituals that we can talk talk about if you want but Mm -hmm. i just i really wanted to give that to your question a ritual is anything done with intention um you know, let us make our, our healthy habits holy <laughs> so yeah. that they yeah. become generative. Um, mm-hmm. They become, you know, energy stabilizers for us. Right. And mm-hmm. I agree with what you're talking about rituals because we don't realize it that we are actually involved with rituals or we have rituals every day in our lives. I mean, yes. I'm being facetious here, but like, say, folding our clothes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we have a exactly. certain specific way we're going to do it. Like if somebody else do it, uh, no, that's not the yes. way. <laughs> that's this right. Is the way. We don't think about it that way, but in that moment in time, we're in the zone. It has to go this way first and then the left, the right, you know, that's way that, yeah. and so to speak. And so I think the we take those for granted, but in all actuality, that at that moment, we are in mindfulness because you know why? That ripple effect. If I did it right this way, it will fit in the closet this way. And with, because of that, they have that positive ripple effect. Uh, I have more space for this, and I have that. Well, voila, yeah. guess what? That's what it's all about. And that's the beauty of, I think, in your book from that perspective, I think, reminding us, you know, that the things that we can do that uh, has that long-term ripple effects that we may not be able to see immediately. Why is this book an essential body of work for our modern-day times? Well, you know, Johnny, what you just said about being in the zone while you're folding laundry, right? I think Mm -hmm. this is what it's all about, is getting into the zone of your life in a way that feels calm, clear, in a way that, you know, stabilizes our energy because the world is very complex right now. So, and it, you know, it will continue to be complex. So how can we manage our own energy? Well, we can make um, our life special. We can make our life extraordinary by leaning into the things and by activating the things that really light us up. And so if, if you're, if what lights you up is going to the gym or, you know, running, um, every day or, you know, whatever it is, then how can you come at it with a clear mind? Now, it doesn't always start with a clear mind, of course, because mm-hmm. a lot of times we do these things to clear our mind. But what I like to say, and this is what helps me get into the zone, and this is what I feel can support others, is that, you know, while you're engaging in your rituals, whatever they may be, can you leave your worries behind just for that amount of time? You know, it's almost as if you can like take off that, you know, that coat with Mm -hmm. all the roles you play, you know, I know you work a lot with mothers and you support mothers a lot. And, and, you know, it's, can we, can we leave the weight of the world, you know, behind just for the time that we engage in these rituals? That is what is essential, I feel, because if we never give ourselves a break from the chaos on the planet right now, we lose faith and we lose hope. And so if we free ourselves and say, I'm in the zone, I'm receiving good energy, I'm empowering myself by receiving this time that I've carved out, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Just like you're saying, the way you fold your laundry and then it fits and it's satisfying. It feels right. And, <laughs> you know, I think like that's so, so that's such a perfect example, I believe, because there's a satisfaction. And so it allows us to, I think, long for less. Because mm-hmm. if we're all, if we're satisfied, we're, you know, we'll, we'll be happier individuals. We'll want to consume less. 
we'll, we'll feel more at peace with what we have, in fact. Right. So that's why, and, I, feel, that's why I feel it's essential, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very true. And coming back, like, say, again, to that simple example, because you knew all of a sudden right now you just all, you deal with one little piece, but yet the ripple effects is great that you can almost foresee it happening. Very, very yes. simple. And that's very that simple. rewarding satisfaction that you were talking about from that perspective. So totally agree. Mm-hmm. Totally mm-hmm. agree. Please give us a quick synopsis of ritual as remedy. Sure. So, okay, here's the synopsis is that I, I unpack and I break down like what is a ritual, you know, the history of ritual from ancient to modern civilization. Mm-hmm. And so that, that gives the reader a nice understanding of, you know, kind of where the book is going. And then what I do is I work with the elements, earth, air, fire, water, and ether. And so each mm-hmm. chapter um, works with nature and the energy systems in the body and the emotions that are connected to that so that they can, so the reader can get in touch with, you know, the first, the second chapter, essentially, the first element is air, and the chapter is called Into the Heart Temple, Living Wild, Loving Free. And so then I talk all about, you know, working on being compassionate, working on, you know, healing from, you know, past heartbreaks or um, the way that we have armor over our hearts, and you know, perhaps the way that we can love ourselves more so that we can be more at peace. And then mm-hmm. the second part of each, so that's the first part of each chapter is I really go for like a solid understanding of what's going on in the body, what's going on in the mind, how we can become more conscious of the mind chatter. And then the second part of the chapter is actual guided rituals that you can do. So again, for example, in that first chapter, um, I have, you know, a morning ritual that's called Anchor Inside the Heart Visionary. And then I have breath of heart practice. So sometimes there's breath practices. Sometimes there's, you know, journal uh, prompts. There's sometimes there's meditation. And um, so it goes like that. And then I have a whole chapter that's based on the lunar cycle, um, new moon and full moon rituals, which are something that's really important to me mm-hmm. that it is a big part of the book. And then the second, you know, and then it goes into, you know, the mystic and, and, you know, it's called evolutionary practices of the mystic enhancing your personal alchemy. So this whole book, and I unpack what a modern mystic is, which is someone who's mindful and someone who's willing and ready to um, expand their consciousness. And so it's all about enhancing personal alchemy to then, you know, allow that ripple effect to go out into the world. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There's a synopsis of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. It's beautiful. I tell you, the book is beautifully written, and it's got a lot of stuff. It's a wonderful guidebook, and you're very detailed. I, you know, there's tremendous amount of information in it, and they're all good stuff. I mean, this is the real thing in terms of walking people through and why and to give you that sense of comfort. It's not just going out there and like, well, let's see what happens next. It doesn't work that way. It's beautifully done. I love the various artwork in some ways that you have in the book. I thought that was very uh, a beautiful touch. And of course, uh, you. you talk, of, you know, being poetic and, and you, you obviously uh, write wonderful prose and so forth. And that's just to me, an added bonus <laughs> to, to such a wonderful book. How do we awaken the inner mystics in ourselves? Mm-hmm. Good question. Deep question. I think it comes back, Johnny, to, you know, we talked about that the curiosity piece. Mm-hmm. Um, being curious, living with awe and wonder, um, being open to, you know, other people's perceptions. Um, you know, studying uh, texts or um, perhaps even spiritual um, texts that, you know, are interesting to you, uh, whatever your lineage is, um, like going, allowing yourself to go uh, perhaps deeper into that 
who am I and what is my purpose? Not to get hard on yourself, not to right. get down on yourself. This is really important work. But to, to open yourself, you know, to that. And what I love to do in the morning, so, you know, I wake, I wake up, I call forward my gratitude, I light my candle, I sit quietly, and I literally, you know, um, just imagine that I'm having this conversation with, with the universe, with maybe spirit, with, you know, the creator, whatever your word, God, goddess, you know, I don't like to put one name to it. I, I just mm-hmm. open myself and my own energy to say, ask this question, what am I evolving into today? I am here ready to listen and to receive the next steps on my path. And so I feel like there's, you know, since I've been doing that, and it's very powerful even when you do it out loud, if you feel comfortable, what happens is you start to open up a collaboration, your life and your path and your journey, and then being supported by what I call the compassionate guides and teachers and muses Mm -hmm. that are around us at all times. This could be a stranger that you meet on the street. I'm not, I'm not like, you don't, we're not, I don't want the audience to think I'm like going woo, you know, this is like real (laughs) deal. Uh, You know, all of a sudden you decided to take a turn or you decided to go to that particular park instead of that one. And then you met someone really interesting Um, or you just saw them and you received some download, some information. I do it in the forest all the time. I go into, I go, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a tree that I can, I honestly have a tree that I, I stop and I, um, either hug, put my hands on or lean my back Mm -hmm. against. Mm -hmm. And I, I open myself to have a conversation with that tree simply by, you know, seeing how beautiful this mother tree is, just a massive tree. And then I look up to her and then I look down and sometimes I, you know, put a question out there, um, especially with the writing, that tree really helped me write the book. Mm-hmm. And like, because I needed to know the next step sometimes. And it's mm-hmm. not like the tree was speaking to me, but because I opened myself to those questions, I received answers. So that's what I feel is like that, that, you know, mystical way of living is that knowing that this, this can be a collaboration, knowing that you're not alone on the planet, actually. And that's why I work with the elements so much, because they're right here for us. They're, they're mm-hmm. tangible. They're palpable. And they can give to us so much energy and so much insight. Um, And that's really what I unpack in the book is like how to utilize fire for transformation, how to utilize water for being fluid and reminding us how to let go, how to work with air for like clearing, you know, the negativity and the weight of the world on our shoulders, how to work with stay grounded which is so important that we stay calm and grounded in our life. And then how to work with ether, which is, you know, the mystical element. It's the element Mm. of spirit. Um, And so that's how I feel, you know, it's one great experiment, really. And it's like, how do you want to be in that experiment, you know? (laughs) Right. right. Yeah. In your book, I mean, you, you, did an excellent job explaining, you know, from that standpoint of view in your book, went to greater details. And the beauty of your book is that it really sort of brings forth the knowledge that, you know, this is not something that the 21st century just discovered. This is something that the ancient people have done practices that uh, basically evergreen. We just happen to, uh, not to say bring it back, refresh it would be the best way to put it, <laughs> and apply it to today's world. Yes, thank you for saying that. I agree. How does dancing with the shadow self relate to our heart temple? Yes, great question. In each chapter, I do bring forward the shadow is very important, and by shadow I mean, um, you know, those parts of ourselves that perhaps we push away, we, we don't want to deal with, um, you know, maybe it's 
trauma related from the past. Maybe there's, you know, uh, something that happened or um, we all have parts of ourselves that shadow presents so that we can, you know, heal from that. So let's say, you know, one is recovering from loss, a loss of a loved one or um, the breakup of a relationship or a family. Very, very hard times to deal with. Even COVID over the last two years, many people lost their lives to COVID. And this, when we, two ways we can do this, you know, we can push, push it down and, you know, not deal with our pain. Or we can, you know, receive support to deal with our pain. We can um, sit, sit with it. And once we start to, we start to, like, let it become free. You know, it doesn't have to be hidden. It doesn't have to be pushed down. Um, but it needs time to heal our hearts and our minds. And the more that we tune into them in a way that, like, like in a way that you would be with your best friend or your loved one or your child or your mother or your father, that you would hold yourself like that. I got you. I'm with you. I can hear, I hear you. I hear that you're in pain. And so that's why, that's the dance I feel is like Mm -hmm. actually understanding where some of the pain, um, how it presents itself in our life. And so when we can get a pulse on that, I feel that we can start to liberate our channels, liberate our own mind, our own body, our own hearts, so that we can live the life that we are, you know, that we want. And we don't have to hold back on anymore on that. So it's, it's really basically just saying, okay, really what's going on in the shadow or, you know, in those darker places in our mind, the places we all go to, right? When we're feeling lack, when we're feeling not loved, when we're feeling the victim, when we're feeling the martyr of our life, like all of this, (laughs) it's just real deal stuff. This is, we're humaning here in a complex world. So the more that we can um, understand those thought patterns, those behaviors, the more we can put it on paper and actually see, oh my gosh, I'm saying that repetitively about myself. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. Or you're, you'll never be loved. If, if I'm saying that to myself all the time, that's the energy I'm going to attract in my life. And mm-hmm. so that is a great example of the shadow and why we want to work with it so we can actually cross that negative core belief out and say instead, I am a channel of love. I am worthy of love. I am worthy of the, my best life. Mm-hmm. So that's what I feel is a really important part of the book. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Why is water a key element in awakening our creative genius? Water teaches us how to, and I'm sitting in front of a lake right now on a dock, in fact, Johnny, <laughs> and I'm looking out at this most beautiful mountain scene, and I feel so blessed to be by mm-hmm. water right now, and water teaches us how to let go of the things we hold on to so tightly in our life. Mm-hmm. Water teaches us how to stay fluid. Water hydrates us. Water uh, purifies us. And yes, it's a common thing. Of course, we've got water coming from our sink and we take it for granted and we, you know, try to drink as much water as we can, all that. And then, yeah, when we start to unpack the the symbolism, you know, of it, then we can remind ourselves, you know, I just saw a fish jump right now. So it's like this very magical <laughs> moment. <laughs> it's a yeah, magical yeah. moment right now. And I'm looking out on the lake and I'm reminding myself, you know, okay, so I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, I'm traveling with my family tomorrow to um, another part in Canada. And, you know, travel right now, as you know, and everyone knows, is, is not all that fun. <laughs> a lot of lineups in the air, you know, all this. Am I going to get my flight? Is the flight going to get canceled? Is the, you know, where's the luggage going to go? But I say, no, 
I just saw that fish jump, and I'm going to be reminded by flow. We are in the flow, and I'm going to mm-hmm. focus more on that. So that's what, and that's the creative genius is that's where I want to put my energy. Let's say I wanted, you know, I, I have another big project, another big writing piece coming up. Instead of all the, oh, oh no, how am I going to do this? How am I going to fit it in? The deadline, da, da, da. I go, no, I'm going to like work with flow. And when I work with the state of flow, guess what? I am ready. I'm already receiving more downloads and insights in my creative genius. Mm-hmm. I'm not blocking them. So if I'm not in a state of flow, I might be blocking actually what wants to come forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. That's beautiful. Can you give us a brief history of crystal and how does crystal healing work? Because you talk about that in the book and I thought it's fascinating. Yes. Yeah, it's a really good thing to, to bring forward. So um, crystals hold a vibration. Um, and, and we work with them. We have like part, part of, you know, what's in the crystal is actually part of what's in us also, mm-hmm. fascinatingly enough. So there's this vibration that, you know, when we work with the crystals with intention, when the crystals are cleansed properly, when they're mined ethically. Um, so these are all important things to know. Even, even finding a stone, like a special stone in the mountain, if it calls to you, you know, and you want to work with it and put it on, you know, your special altar or your centerpiece in your home, it, it has this vibration that it can clear out negative energy and it can work to um, bring um, a magnetic, alchemical, kind of electric energy um, that is healing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, there's some people that, you know, work with specific stones. There's great books on um, which stones are for which, you know. So we work with rose quartz for um, right. reminding us of love and, and compassion. And we work with amethyst for calm. You can put it under your pillow at night to sleep. I mean, there's – and it's all these – it's so wonderful. Um, and now I'm seeing, uh, like, 14 – they're called morgansers. They're um, – mm-hmm. These special kind of duck, and they just went under the dock and on the other side. Now um, they're so beautiful, you might even be able to hear them. So the crystals, you know, work in this way, and they create a ripple effect, in fact, um, in the body. Um, so I love working with crystals, and and um, it, they're grounding, is what they are. Mm-hmm. 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 And is that one of the ways that we create, in some ways, with the universal life force energy? Absolutely. That's a great connection to make. And the more support we can receive through the natural world, I believe, the better. I mean, we know all, we all know we feel good when we eat clean, good food, right? We know that. <laughs> we, and, and we know that, you know, well, for some more than others, I suppose, depending on, yeah. you know, your personality and what your life experiences has been. You know, when I am in nature and I go for a hike, I feel so replenished. Like it's a palpable, mm-hmm. different feeling um, to be in in nature. And, you know, I know not all of us have access to nature. So what I would say, you know, for those of you listening that, you know, you're living in the city and I've lived in cities and, you know, it's, it's like find that one park you can go to or grow plants in your apartment, have some crystals in there, make yourself a special I call it an altar. Some people might call it a centerpiece because, you know, they like that word better. Mm-hmm. But we can work with the elements on our inner home. You know, we can have a crystal. We can have a plant. We can have a seasonal, you know, whatever is growing in season. And it, it becomes this way of bringing the sacred into your life on a daily mm-hmm. basis. And that's the whole intention of the book also is that it's not these big one-off retreats <laughs> or, you know, that's great when you do that, but it's like, how can you stay steady on a daily basis? Sure. True. So true. That's very true. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between a full moon ritual and a new moon ritual? Mm-hmm. Great question. So full moon is, the more expansive energy, we all feel it. I mean, it pulls the ocean tides and we're like 99% water. We definitely feel (laughs) the full moon. So it's good to be aware of when the full moon is so that you can 
you can kind of line up with the moon's energy as opposed to feel like you're crazy or you're sleepless. Um, so you just know it's full moon. And full moon is the time where you light your candle, you get your journal out if you're self-guiding, and you, you write down all the things that aren't serving you in your life anymore, the thoughts, the feelings, the, the ways of being, the actions, any of the frustrations, things that make you angry, the things that, you know, make you impatient. You write those things down. And it's a way of clearing your energy field. You could go even further and then burn that piece of paper to even let it be more symbolic and more powerful. Um, mm-hmm. and, then, and then, you know, once you've created that space of clearing, then you call forward what you on full moon, what your what big visions are cooking in your life right now, like your dreams, like what? <laughs> and because it's such powerful energy, you're like, yes, I'm, I'm ready to write that book or right. I'm ready to, um, you know, take that dream vacation and put it into action. I'm going to save my money mm-hmm. for that. And then new moon. So that's like, that's that bigger energy is full moon. New moon is more internal. It's, it's known as, um, the time of um, planting seeds or new beginnings. So it's a more reflective time where we go in. Maybe we're more still and quiet. Um, maybe you sit in a meditation and you, you really welcome all the ways that you put yourself out there in the world. You think about yourself really coming home to a quiet space within. Mm-hmm. And that is the difference. It's like new moon internal, full moon external. And so we have an opportunity every 29 and a half days to honor the full moon and to honor the new moon. This has kept me very steady in my life. And I teach uh, full moon, new moon almost every month. I guide people through a ceremony. And it's very grounding and it's it's real time. Like we're, we're working mm-hmm. with energy that that's bigger than we can, than we can control as humans. And I think that brings us back into the humble, vulnerable, um, spacious self. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Do you have a recommendation on the best way to read and implement ritual as remedy? The book? Yes. You know, what I say to people is it's kind of like a recipe book. So you could actually mm-hmm. cruise through the practices. You don't have to read the book from start to finish. This is important. This is a resource for you. If you can read it to, from start to finish, then wonderful. If you're more inclined to work with a particular element first, flip to that chapter, read through that. If you're inclined to begin your journey uh, by tracking the moon's cycle, start with the moon's chapter. So I, I like to bend the rules a bit here, you know, that life is not linear. It doesn't, it doesn't go in a straight line, in fact, even though humans, our human brain wants it to. Um, yet, what I love to bring forward is let yourself be more cyclical, more um, intuitive, open the book at any page randomly and receive a download. And so that's also what a lot of people have shared with me mm-hmm. since they have read the book is that they, they like working with it in that way. Um, because as you said, also there's a lot of information in there. So I don't want people to get overwhelmed by all right. the information. I want, I want people to like use it as a guide for yourself or use it as a guide. If you're a teacher, a coach, um, if you're guiding other people, um, it's, it's, I think that's, that's the way I would say to use the book. Fantastic. What simple ritual can you recommend to begin our day with positivity, openness, and clarity? Yes. Well, if you already have a gratitude practice, I'll take you one step further, but if you do not have a gratitude practice first thing in the morning, this is just, it's, it's a game changer. It is so simple and it's so valuable. Wake up, three or more gratitudes, you can either write them down or you can, you know, speak them inside your mind. But when you're doing it, you have to open yourself to feel the gratitude. This is the really important part, to feel the gratitude, not just to go, I'm grateful for this, 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 you know, and allow it to be really authentic each morning. This already sets you up for a high vibe energy inside your body. 
take it one step further. Light a candle if you can. Sit in quiet contemplation and visualize your day from start to finish. And as you visualize your day, surround it with light. Every part of your day, you know, we all know, you know, we have big busy days and uh, or even if you don't, but like, how do you want to be in the day? You know, you don't, mm-hmm. uh, most of us don't want to be stressed. We don't want to be busy. We don't want to, you know, be impatient. So why not mark your, begin your day by going, okay, I'm moving through that transition with grace and ease. Oh, then I get to do this part of my day. Even if it's challenging, you can still go, you know, you can, you can give yourself encouragement that it's going to go well, in fact. Mm-hmm. All those positive what ifs until you surround it in light. Um, so I would say that's a great ritual to to start with. Fantastic. And how about is there an evening ritual you can share to enhance sleep, release stress, and return to one's true nature? Yes. I am a big fan of no devices at least 30 minutes before sleep. Okay, so if you have a TV in your bedroom, maybe it's time to move the TV <laughs> out of the bedroom. <laughs> um, and um, I, you know, what I, I start to just welcome in by drinking maybe chamomile tea or calming tea, um, no food, uh, you know, one to two hours before. So you can like, sleep is so important, right? So we have to set ourselves up. So I like to work with lavender. I get essential lavender oil. I rub it on the soles of my feet and on my temples. I drink my chamomile tea, and I begin to really acknowledge that my work is done for the day. This is really important in Mm -hmm. a culture where we're always working. So there has to be some sort of ritual that we do that we go, my work is done for the day. Now I am resting. And so everyone will have a different variation. Some of us like to take Mm -hmm. a warm shower. Some of us like to take a bath. We get into a very, like, easeful, comfortable state. And then um, then we can, you know, I think that's really important. It's like how do you acknowledge that your work is done for the day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah, I think it's, it's a key to our culture right now. Very, very interesting. Where can someone go to buy your book, get more information about you, the services you offer, and keep up with your latest happenings? Yes. Well, the book has its own website now. It's oh, Ritual fantastic. as Remedy. Yeah, ritualasremedy.com. It, that ritualasremedy.com also leads you to my personal site. They're, they're interconnected, marabranscombe.com. You can buy the book anywhere you buy your book. So uh, Amazon, uh, you know, in Canada, it's Chapters Indigo. Um, I think, yeah, like there's about six or eight buttons for purchase on my site uh, for the book. So uh, lots of places. Fantastic. What is next for you? Next for me, Johnny, is that I have my my second book coming out in 2023, spring 2023. So I I have written Mm -hmm. another book. It's on the female archetypes and how to um, empower creativity and um, connection to self and others through the female archetypes. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'm editing it right now with my publisher, and uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. That's really wonderful. As we close this hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, live through the eyes of wonder. Um, do your best to clean your mind-body channels. Um, letting go is um, one of the biggest gifts that we can give so that we wake each morning with um, new potential and possibility for the life we want to live. Wonderful. Mara, thank you for the beautiful recipe for living and for spending this hour with me. I'm from my Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in three weeks, Wednesday morning, August 10, at 10 a.m. Central Time, U.S. My guest will be Stephanie James. Stephanie is an author, filmmaker, transformation coach, and professional speaker. She is a psychotherapist and licensed clinical 
social worker with over 30 years in, men, in the mental health field. Stephanie and I will, have, will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Becoming Fierce, Creating a Bold and Beautiful Life. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Mara, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a very blessed day. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.